Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ungakuryu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of January 4th, 2020. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And Luna. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. Whoa. Happy New Year. Happy Welcome New to 2020. Year. Regardless, how was your guys' New Year's? They're, long. They're nice. <laughs> it was really, really long, but I had a lot of fun. That's good. I was on a, Mine was very nice and chill. I was on a boat again with my boss having very romantic dinner. Nice. Ew. My boss is a dude. Do I smell a promotion in the future? <laughs> no. Hey, whatever floats your boat, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, you know, as tradition of our very first episode of the year we break down the lovely thing called the kohaku which is the red and white song battle thing and this year is really special it comes in three folds first it is the first one of reiwa yep it's the 70th anniversary of the kohaku yep and it's the year that the tokyo olympics is going to happen which is 2020 and they would not let you forget that not one single second of the night because it was brought up a million and one times. Either that or rugby. As much as I love rugby, I could live without it without watching the World Cup ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting night. I, I will say that, we'll, I know we'll get into it, but I really felt like with as far as like the... The competition goes because it's a battle of votes, right? They're they're competing. Uh, the girls are on the red team. The boys are on the white team, and so they're competing for votes to see, you know, who has like overall best performances of the night. Mm. And I don't know about you guys, but as I was watching this, I felt like the competition wasn't even close. Like the winner, like I, I just felt like it was so clear when the votes came in. I was like, oh yeah, like they they had it clear as day. I don't know if you guys felt the same way or not. Well, I kind of got into it knowing who won, so it kind of just didn't really surprise me. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> they won because of this. Okay, I know why. I mean, they both brought a lot of energy. However, I felt like one outdid the other pretty big, so I felt like yeah. it had more impact. Although I figured it out, you know, halfway through, because I... I heard about it i got it ruined for me so but yeah yeah this is our third year of doing this so strap in for another two and a half to three hour excitement video (laughs) (laughs) hey man our first video when we weren't editing was three hours long so now that we are editing that is true so but yeah you know there there was a lot of interesting acts this time around and we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. They they started off with saying, you know, this is the Olympic year. So let's start off with what they first had, which is good old good old Furin being an actual competitor this year, not just a special act. And they were singing their paprika, but they did something really really special. Is that they had the Japanese Furin version, and then they had a Furin Team E version which sung an English version of the chorus for F- Paprika, which is very interesting. So I guess 
they they already made an English word. I already knew that they did that, but I'm, I was surprised that they were going to bring it on the Kohaku just to do it this year. Yeah, it was pretty interesting, but I think this is really the first time that you kind of see it, but it kind of repeats itself throughout the most of the night. That this Kohaku really feels a lot more like an international focus. They feel like it's really more outwardly focused on like the global spectrum than previous Kohakus. And Furin was really like the first indication of of this being 2020 in the Olympics. And it was it was a really nice performance all in all. I think the kids did an outstanding job. I've, the English portion of the song is sung very, very well. Mm. And it, it was it was it was surprisingly good. Like I thought it was a great way to open up the show. Gray actually took the words out of my mouth. That's pretty much exactly what I was gonna say about it. From the beginning you can tell it's gonna be very Olympic and international related with how they did paprika. And I thought it was really well done and it was a nice surprise bringing out the kids who did the English version as well and having them all sing together. So I thought that was really cute. And I also liked how everyone in the Kohaku in the background was all participating and singing and dancing with them. I I just felt like it was a good way to bring everyone together who was participating. That was another thing I kind of noticed this year is that they were really audience focused this year, this time around. Yeah, they, they really were. Sometimes to the detriment of the performances because there's one or two performances where they would take the camera away from the performers and put it on the audience. And there's like one time where they're breakdancing and like you only see a small bit of it because they're focused on the audience. So I was like, hey guys, focus on the on the on the thing. Like I don't care about who's watching the breakdancing. I want to see the breakdancing. Well, a lot of it is they also had the the rugby team there, too, and I know they really wanted to focus on them, especially with the World Cup and the Olympics. So you saw a lot of their reactions as well. Yeah, that's true. I thought that was a soccer team, not rugby team, so I'm glad you guys are clarifying that, but... They kept on saying rugby yeah, they, half the time. <laughs> I, I wasn't paying too attention. When the when people started talking, I literally stopped paying attention. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, and going on next is l- the lovely Go Hiromi with his Nioku Senman Hitomi Exotic Go Go Japan. And this is literally Go Japan for the Olympics, the song entitlement. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice that they incorporated like different athletes from various sports. Let's let's say that, and they it was nice to see like the backstage of the Kohaku because this whole act is kind of done backstage. But other than that, I think he did this song last year. I could be wrong. And no, he did I, Lily, "Live in La Vida Loca." That was it. Yeah, he did. You're right. But uh, other than other than that, I, I really don't think like this was a standout performance. It was typical Gohidomi in his element. You know, his fun, very uh, upbeat style. I did like that he went around all the different sports players. Um, but I just felt like, you know, typical song from him, you know, typical performance, you know, very high energy, gets everyone involved. Yeah, exactly. I mean... 
his high high energy is gonna help that out and that kind of song when when we get to next year's one i wonder what they're gonna do if they're gonna invite him on next year if what's gonna happen but it's it's literally a good hey we are cheering on the athletes that are participating for the olympics specifically for Mm -hmm. japan and that's that's really good for them so but we'll, we'll yes, see. It is. It, yeah, we'll yeah. see. It gives them the energy and excitement to look forward to the Olympics and practice hard, you know, and a high-energy song like that will keep them going. Yep, that's for darn sure. But, yeah, going on next is the lovely Aiko with Hannah B. She's adorable. I love Aiko. Yeah, I She's love so Aiko. She's so freaking cute. That's one thing. Yeah. I, I'm kind of sad that they brought on Hannah B of all things. I mean, it's her more one of her more famous songs, but this is going to be a lovely trend that we're going to be seeing where they're going to be bringing on hits from the Heisei era and not really talking about new songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole show felt like a tribute to the Heisei era in a yeah. weird way. But I felt like they did this song more for the Olympics, maybe, than necessarily Heisei tribute. Because it is about fireworks, and they do like the firework motif, and fireworks is very closely associated with the Olympics. Mm. So my my thought was this was more for the Olympics, the 2020 Olympic Games, than it was anything else. I actually didn't know this was one of her more popular songs. Yeah, that's that's so, what like that's one of the major reasons probably why they they kind of made two and two together. It's one of her more popular songs, and it's in distant arm length related to celebration and olympics and all that lovely jazz yeah and she had her best album come out last year so i wasn't surprised they picked one of her more famous songs i i you know when hanabi came on i'm like oh okay you know that it wasn't newer but i'm like well that's still a good choice i I did love how that song started out though because it it starts with her in the audience talking to like like a couple of people in the audience and then the song kicks in, and she's still sitting in her chair when she starts singing. And I thought that was really cool how she made her way from the audience to the stage. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, and she was sitting at one of the rugby players, which was kind of neat and getting them involved. So It, it was good to see how they kind of kicked off the first three acts there. Continuing on, it is the lovely Generations with Experience Greatness, one of the only LDH members to actually be on the Kohaka this year. But they are. It was it was interesting to see, nonetheless. The amount of extras were freaking amazing to see, and it's a different style what I'm used to seeing LDH do. But it's interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I really felt like this was a really good song choice, especially considering what this was here for, and the simple fact that you know this was. For the Olympics, Experience Greatness really fits that theme and motif. They were doing like a salute to golf because they had the golf thing going on in the background. And so you got to see that play out, which was really nice. And it it was a really good act altogether. The All the dancers, extra dancers were really nice. And they had a wide range of people from, you know, little kids about, you know, 12, 10, 12 years old to teenagers, maybe some young adults thrown in there. And, I mean, it was a nice range of people. And I really felt like they did a good job with the choreography. And 
I mean, they really represented their their brand well, and it was really nice to see Generations on that stage, and I hope they get to come back next year. And this is one of the few songs that we're going to talk about that came out within the past year. Yeah, I thought it was a, a very good performance. You know, I loved all the dancers in the background. The vocals are very good. I thought it was a fun, upbeat performance to get everyone energized. And speaking of energizing, let's continue on to our next act, which is the lovely Hinata Zaka 46 with Kyun 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 no Dashite. God damn that song. <laughs> so I didn't hate it as much I rem- as I remembered. I, I mean, I still think they copied off a certain song. However, <laughs> it wasn't as, uh, I didn't hate it as much because it sounded very good live. And yeah. I thought their outfits were really freaking cute. And their dancing was very good in their harmonies. So they put on a great performance. That's one of the things that I actually really did like of it is that they performed a lot of these songs very, very well live. And I mm-hmm. think that took me out of it just from, you know, usually seeing it on the music video. And a lot of these songs, like, that I used to really get irritated by, it it, it wasn't as bad this time around. Well, maybe because I haven't heard it in a while. But seeing it live was a kind of nice refresher to see it kind of right there in front of my face kind of thing. Yeah, that's how I felt with this because as soon as it came up, uh, my husband was sitting right next to me and I'm like, oh, I hate this song. And he's like, why? And I said, well, one, I just kind of found it annoying when I heard it. And two, you know, the, it sounds like another song. And he heard it. He's like, oh, this is actually really fun. I'm just looking like you're just being a jerk. <laughs> and then I listened to it. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was doing that just to piss me off. And then I, you know, listening to it live, I had a little bit different perspective and I kind of changed my tune because they did such a good performance. And my husband actually enjoyed it, which is weird because he isn't really into Japanese music. He likes, he likes the really, he likes Kyari and that's it. I think I know what to get him now. I'll get him. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great performance and it made me enjoy the song. So. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I've always liked Kuhn and I felt like this was a really solid performance. And I actually really liked the choreography, too. I really felt like, you know, it was really well done. It was kind of simple, but it was interesting nonetheless and really, really well executed. And Luna's right. This was just an absolutely stellar performance by these girls. They're really great, and it was really, really nice to see them on stage. But yeah, continuing on up, it is the lovely Jun Retsu with their song, Happy Birthday. I'm not crazy about this song. It is nice and fun, and it was really cool to see Da Pump up there dancing behind behind them. I was gonna say the stage. Were you here on the episode when this initially debuted? I think so. Because it was, I, a, I think it was a lot so. Of fun. Yeah, the music video was all right, and I I did like it. But seeing it live was kind of a little bit jarring, mostly because I'm not used to <laughs> seeing them in person without the Obasans surrounding him. <laughs> yeah i think i i liked it a little bit more when we covered it the first time around not so much this time i mean it i didn't hate the song and i did feel like it was a really good performance but it's just an odd song i guess is like just like the nature of the song it's just kind of weird oh, but this, this is their most popular song too 
it oh it really won yeah. a lot of people over yeah i mean i thought it was fun and i liked seeing the pump dance with them i think that really made it for me so what's what's really funny is that i was talking to my coworker about this and junretsu they're really tall guys and the t- the pump are kind of shorter in stature and them being dancing behind them made them look like yellow kids just dancing around. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pump was in those bright, bright yellow outfits, and I was like, ow. They, they, they kind of hurt my eyes a little bit. That's, but... the only, that's the only way they could stand out. Otherwise, they just they look like little children. <laughs> yeah, they were, yeah, they were very recognizable, though. So, And I did like their yellow outfits because they were so flashy. Let me tell you this much. When they were singing that song, I just kept them humming, happy, happy, happy. But yeah, continuing on up is actually the Johnny Juniors and one of many, 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 many 2020 Olympic medleys. Yes. <laughs> so it's interesting uh, it, that the song was, I believe it's Let's Go to the 2020 Olympics, I believe. That's what it was called. Uh, let's go to 2020 Tokyo. Yeah, 2020 Tokyo. There we go. And it's interesting to see because we are seeing literally the future stars which i'm gonna hear gray just n- not just go bonkers over for the next two years <laughs> to my detriment well if they keep up this like this kind of performance you're gonna be 100 percent right because my god they kill it on this song like this it was really short and sweet but my god it was nice and sweet at the same time because it was just really well done i love the performance that they had doing this song and it was really nice to see like all the Johnny's Juniors together as like a singular unit doing a song. I don't think that's something that we're gonna see a ton of. So it was really nice to have like that moment where you know they are all on stage and you can kind of see these growing actors that'll that'll be in the entertainment industry. And it'll be it's gonna be really cool to see like where they go from here. And I I just really love this performance. I thought this was so much fun seeing all the Johnny's juniors on stage. Plus, I thought their English was fantastic. Um, they, had, yes. they had great uh, synchronicity between all of them. Just the harmonies, the dancing. I loved how you saw them all come out of the They were all dancing in the audience. I, I think this was one of the best performances of the night. Just of the involvement and how well all these groups perform together. That indeed, that indeed. But yeah, can, passing on the torch to another Johnny's member here, it is Heisei Jump with Ue Mukote Aruko, and it's a special Ray Raw version of the song. The song was pretty famous. It's one of the more famous songs in America. It's, it's Sukiyaki, for goodness sake. <laughs> so... It was very impressive to see a cover of this song. However, I, I, I thought it was a nice bass cover, bass cover of the song. They did jazz it up in the middle, which is really impressive. But I, I still prefer the Boss Coffee version of the song, where it has <laughs> has Tommy Lee Jones singing the song. I need to see this. Yeah, I need yeah. to see this. I've not seen this. Yeah, Tommy Lee oh, Jones Lord. is uh. He's a very influential person in Japan because he's part of the Boss Coffee collaboration and he plays a, an alien who just doesn't know Japanese. 
<laughs> and he just he plays he plays dead face and plays to the crowd. It's just funny. He makes like half a mil every commercial. So and those commercials hey, are uh, only yeah. like a minute long. Hey, I mean, if they're paying, why not, right? But going on to this, I really did enjoy the song. I'm not too familiar with the bass version of this, but. I really did enjoy Heisei Jump's performance of this song. I felt like they did really good. The outfits, I, I do want to give a shout out to because I felt like those were really nicely tailored suits that they had. Very nicely done, guys. And I really liked, like, in the middle of the song, like, they just had, like, all these dancers in the aisle and you could see them dancing. And I thought that was really well done. And then, at, you know, at the end when they just dropped that confetti, that was a ton of confetti. But that that's, like an indicator of the sheer number of confetti that you see throughout the night. Cause there's so much confetti in this show. It, they probably spent 2 million on confetti alone. Like it is just ridiculous. The number, the amount of confetti that's dropped, but I really liked the confetti drop in this song. I felt it was nicely timed. Definitely well done. So I thought this was a lot of fun and I'm familiar with the bass song Sukiyaki. Um, so for me, I thought Heisei Jump did a very well, uh, a very good job covering it, and I do like the jazz, how they jazzed it up in the middle of it. I thought it was a good twist on it. Plus, I like that it looked like all the Johnny's Juniors were participating as well, and I thought that was a great contribution to the to Heisei Jump and their performance. But yeah, continuing on up, it is the lovely Nakashima Miyuki with her song, Ito. Now, this song was really, really great. It really touched my soul with the lovely, lovely piano playing in the background. And just the, the ending with the stars just really set the mood. And I really, really ended up loving this song. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I really felt like this was a fantastic song. The ending with like the sparkling sky and the stars in the night, that was just really, really well done. Definitely agree with you. Uh, and I really liked how the pianist really got into it. There's several moments in the song where you see him just tilt his head back as he's, you know, playing the piano and looking up into the sky, and you're like, this dude's into it. And that was a gorgeous Steinway piano. So. There was not the first Steinway that we see in the evening. We saw many Steinways, and Steinways are the best pianos made on the market, to my understanding. So those are expensive pianos, and that was a really, really great job done. That The piano work in that song was magnificent. Yeah, I thought the song was absolutely beautiful, um, and her voice is just... One of those voices that touches your heart and soul and you really feel it with her, her vocals and how her how the emotions get to you. But yeah, you know, after a little break from the music here, we continue on with a Disney medley, which is very, very interesting. So they did every Disney movie, barring Lion King, that was released this past year in Japan, which was Frozen 2, Toy Story 4, and the live-action adaptation of Aladdin. So I didn't watch Frozen two. So the I I don't seen that. I haven't seen any of these three. Yeah. So I've only seen the last one. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting to see, and you know, by God, 
person that sung for the Frozen 2, she has some pipes on her. By God. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, she does. I was thinking the same thing I heard her, and I'm like, wow. I was like, oh, so it was Nakamoto Mizuki with that. And going on next is the You Got a Friend in Me, a, a Japanese version of it by Yukai Diamond. And I thought it was really good. It was a very, very, very close English adaptation of the song. And it had the nice heart and soul of it. But, oh, I really like that one a lot, too. The, I, I felt like this is in some ways like the highlight of my night was watching this. Because I've always loved that song. And to hear it in Japanese was just really surreal. And I, I really thought that that was absolutely amazing. And yeah. really, really well done. Yeah, and I like that the two uh, two uh, members from King and Prince came out, too. Oh, yeah, dressing up as Buzz and Woody. Yep, I thought yep. that was really cute and a great touch to doing that song live. You know, there's, there's a lot of things here that I've, I've kind of noticed that they started really doing for the Kohaku, and I, I kind of hate it, but they started doing a lot of background things with the, the artist. did. Because I've caught a lot of background things that and, felt like it directed me away from the singer. Yeah, no, exactly. And we'll get to it with a lot of the outliers with this. Uh, there's a couple songs that are really bad with this. and really, really hated that they did that. But, you know, continue on. Lastly, it is Tomoya Nakamura and Haruka Kinoshida with the Japanese version of A Whole New World. And by God, I'm going to buy this song immediately because... This Amen. was amazing. I, I didn't even watch Aladdin, and, you know, <laughs> the, the live-action version, but it makes me think, well, if I'm going to Japan pretty soon, maybe I'll buy the Japanese version of this. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I will say uh, Kinoshita Haruka outshined Nakamura Tomoyo. That was my only thing, and I guess because I love Chris Hart and Mayjay's version of A Whole New World, but mainly because Chris Hart has amazing vocals. Yeah. So for me, like, Kinoshita Haruka, though, oh my gosh, that girl can sing, like, I, I, she I, hit it spot on, it was gorgeous, I loved every bit of it. I could not disagree more. Like, I love Nakamura's performance. I felt like he just, like, he held those notes so well. And his voice really just took me to a whole new world. Just the way that he sung it was so well done. And he complimented her so well. And she, you, you are correct. She was absolutely amazing. You guys talked about the, the lady that did the uh, Frozen 2 song. And I'm like, yeah, that one was okay. But like, she really stood out to me. Like, I really felt like she just really killed it. Like, both of these guys just really nailed this song and it was it was kind of it, i kind of hated that it was a medley because i wanted to hear more of it by the end of it like i wanted to hear like the full song and i guess it really sounded like they did do the bulk of it but it's still like i was like man this is like way too short they they just absolutely destroyed this song and i loved every second of it it was so great See, I didn't care for Nakamura's performance. I think because I don't think his vocals were very good. I uh, preferred Chris Hart because his vocal, I guess, because I've heard a cover of this before. And I think Kinoshita Haruka was amazing, but I didn't care for Nakamura Tomoya's vocals as much. 
But I that's love Nakamura. Me. It's so cool. Yeah, you know, listening to the song, I was uh, I was tearing up a bit because I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> because oh, my I, Lord. I I love Aladdin, and this song was a uh, freaking amazing. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Aladdin's one of my favorite Disney movies, too, and th- that was one of the reasons why I really went the extra mile to go see it in theaters, is because I'm, I've never I've never been, like, the biggest Disney fan, especially with them doing, like, their live-action adventure, but I was like, it's Aladdin, you know, you kind of have to, you, ha- you kind of have to do what you can to go see it, so this, this was a great song, and... Makes me want to check uh, check out what they did with "You've Never Had a Friend Like Me." I wonder how that sounds. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of wondering about that too. Well, that makes you want to buy the movie and find out, right? <laughs> it 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 100 does. But next on up is freaking Detective Butts, but we ain't gonna spend too much <laughs> time on him. God, uh, it's it's funny. Oh, Shiri Tante. As much as I, you know, I'm like, you know, Japan ain't that weird, and they they put out the Detective Freaking Butts <laughs> on the number one song contest that is streamed internationally. More so. God, I don't know what. Uh... I was I was just like, I know who he is. This is very very awkward. Why do you have this in the Kohaku? And then, of course, in the background, you see Heisei jumping twice and perfume dancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then when you... You see him all doing the, the Oshiri, Oshiri Tante song. Yeah. The dance. I'm like, oh, the, boy. The periodic fart so- sounds that they made throughout the song also were really not necessary. I guess just selling the point that he's a butt man, but, oh, God, it was just too much. Especially when you saw, like, when they were doing, like, the animated part and you see, like, the brown cloud coming out of his mouth. I was like, oh, God, just shoot me now. You know, it's funny. I just like how they, they ended the song because that's how I felt like I needed to be to be <laughs> it. I need to be on the ground unconscious for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awkward. I had nothing more to say on that one. Just what the hell, Japan? <laughs> WTF man I'm like you know WTF. hey you're trying to be like all nice and international and you pull this <laughs> you, you pull this out of your ass <laughs> almost quite literally so I mean it's 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 something but continuing on up it is the lovely kiss my feet too with everybody go so why don't you take this gray because I know you are a huge fan of this experience oh my god this is song of the night i'm sorry i know this is really early on and and there was a lot of amazing performances but this was the peak for me i absolutely love this song my god the skates i want those skates i would rip them off of their feet if i could because what they had is they had on these skates that lit up and changed colors and they did like different sequence and patterns and it was so cool. And when I first saw them on skates, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Because either it's going to be a train wreck and someone's going to fall and I'm going to get a great laugh out of it. Or it's going to be dope amazing and they're going to nail it. And they absolutely nailed it. The, the choreography was amazing. No one lost their balance. They stayed on their, on their feet, thank God. And they really killed this song. It was really well done. Probably the best Kiss My Feet 2 song that I've heard. This was 
amazing like performance of the night. There was some really, really close contenders. I am not going to lie. There's some really cool crap that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But this was absolutely nuts. I loved this performance. I thought this was a fantastic performance. And I'm sure they practiced a ton on those roller skates beforehand. I'm actually very good at skating, and I always have been. However, practice makes perfect, so I'm sure those guys practice constantly. Oh, but had to, this yeah. was an amazing song. It was such a great way to get the crowd into it. Uh, their outfits, just everything about it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole skates thing was very, very impressive, and I really enjoyed the work that they put into it personally the song was a right in my opinion <laughs> and the skates really bought it up to five <laughs> points more than it had been than i initially wanted it to but besides that i mean it was all right the sk- the skates are cool and i could see them glowing like a mile away though <laughs> <laughs> oh, they yeah. were bright they were so bright that's why i loved them because it's like if you're going to do something like that, I mean, go all out. Make those things as bright as the sun. Just draw as much attention as you can to them. Because, I mean, if if they were doing all that and you didn't see them or no one noticed it, it'd been just an utter waste. So I think they did it the right way. But yeah, continuing on up to Yoshimi Tendo with Osake Koishigure. One of the first Inca songs, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It took them a long time to get to the Inca. And honestly, this year felt a little Inca light. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, even the Prince of Inca didn't do that much Inca. He said a line and then went to the other song. <laughs> and we'll get to that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, I hate this because. This is one of the things that I really wanted the Kohaku to do. It's supposed to be a merging of traditions of the past and the present of what is popular. Mm-hmm. And I did. the past is kind of dying. <laughs> and I, I feel yeah. yes. really bad. And they're taking Kylo Ren's word to the T where let the past die, kill it if you have to. But, you know, Inca's tradition and it, it encompasses what traditional japanese is and there are huge fans for that we'll we'll get to one of the singers that i am a huge fan of that i would love to see live eventually but it it's sad to see the way of how inca is going right now and it's the only thing holding to tradition and i feel like if they continue this way then not knowing their past is going to be kind of dooming them Mm-hmm. And I I did really like Yoshimi Tendo's one. I love the piano in it. I, the one thing I found interesting about her performance was Mato-san. Is she brought in a someone who's international to play the piano for her. For the song, I mean. And I thought that was actually pretty interesting. Although I felt like the, the song she performed, you know, was more... It was like a combination of Inca and pop. Yeah, yeah, I got that feeling as well. I mean, her vocals were freaking powerful, though, and on point with the song. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, yeah, the song was absolutely, like, her vocals were fantastic, and she really, she stood out. 
Oh, yeah, it was her vocals were so good that he she actually overdid the piano. Like there was some parts where she was drowning out the piano because the piano was just so soft. But the piano work that Matt's doing is very, very elegant, very, very nice, and it was really well done, and it complements her voice really, really well. And, I mean, she's just belting it at certain parts of the song that are just really just mind-blowing to see. And this is a really, I mean, for it might have been the first Inca song of the night, but it was a good, like, really good first Inca song to start the, the night with. Because I, I mean, I felt like she really just killed it. Like she, she really nailed it. Also, the brass band was amazing. Uh, yeah, that was that was very interesting too. But yeah, continuing on up, it is AKB48 with their World Simbatsu singing Koi no Fortune Cookie, Koi Suru no Fortune Cookie. Sorry. And I mean, it's it's interesting. It's to show how international the 48 system has become. Granted, I really wish they picked another freaking song, but it because they did the same song last year. I know. That was my thought when it came. I'm like, really? And I, <laughs> I know it's mainly for the international members, which is why they chose it. I feel like it's their most famous song. Yeah. But yeah. I, I I agree with you. I think they should have picked another song because doing the same one over from the year before is just doesn't get you excited and you're just like, oh, again? Yeah, it it was an impressive feat nonetheless because they were singing in, in all the different languages. Like, like I believe yeah. it was Thai, chi- both versions of Chinese. Mandarin yeah. Canto. Yeah. Uh, uh, Delhi. Like someone from Delhi who yeah. she stood yeah. out because she kept waving at the crowd because she was so excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, they talked to her quite a bit before the performance and you could tell like she was super hyped to be there. Oh, yeah. And it was really nice to see her energy yeah. and just her excitement to be oh, yeah. on the stage. Like, like she really represented her team and her group really yeah. well yeah she done and an amazing job that that was an impressive thing and I, I really did like the fact that they focus on every international member that they could and mm-hmm. you know I, for for me i'm 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 pretty sad because i'm you know I'm, I'm as much as i dog on them it's because i was such a hardcore fan of them and this was the song that kind of killed it for me <laughs> literally <laughs> and i do have one thing i know she's not listening to this but yuki kashiwagi please freaking graduate it was really freaking sad to see you in this song <laughs> it was really sad you know Ju- I, did i see Ju- was judy not even there yeah she was there briefly like you see, I, you see a glimpse of her because I saw uh, Suda Akati was, more than I saw Junina. <laughs> yeah, she she was there. I saw her with one of the Chinese, the one of the Shanghai uh, group members. Like she was around one of them. Yeah, well, regardless, I, it's it's it's. I, saw, I actually saw Mayu more than I saw Jurina, which yeah. is funny because Mayu's on her way out the door. She graduates in two months, <laughs> so I was like, and I, th- I was like. You guys should have just done, like, I know why you guys did Kui Center no Fortune Cookie, but you guys should have just done Sustainable. Just use the center while oh, you got her. not Sustainable. <laughs> 
Well, actually, sustainable was tolerable, so... Like, like, sustainable was pretty good. Like, I would say that's probably one of their better songs in the past couple of years. And like I said, use the center while you got her, because she's gone in two months. Yeah, you know, that that's the thing why I was mad, because I knew that Koisu Fortune Cookie was going to be used last year, because Sashihara announced her graduation, and that was the song that literally made her. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that they used it again without the person that influenced the song. I mean, I understand how much of a viral hit it was because literally they they manufactured the hell out of that song to become a viral hit on the YouTubes and stuff. And yeah. It, 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 yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't. But anyways, continuing on up, it is Yamauchi Kesuke, what Kuchi Bidu Scarlet, and by God, this was the first true male Inca singer, and freak, it was impressive. That violinist was on freaking point, and I love oh, the I hell out of this song. That, that was my highlight for one, that, is the violin, oh my gosh. I will yeah. say, that was amazing. However... <laughs> This was also a very creepy performance <laughs> due to the fact, one, the masks everyone was wearing and the giant light-up head that popped out of the background and its eyes started glowing and beams looked like they were shooting out of it. It was going all over them thinking, man, are these eyes going to fry someone? So that was disturbing. And you're talking to someone who loves horror movies and does not get freaked out or scared. That was freaking weird. You know, it was yeah. funny because I was watching this I was watching this drinking, and I guess I was just just blacked out trying not to remember anything <laughs> creepy because I didn't put anything of that in my notes, mostly because I probably just didn't want to remember it. <laughs> because those, oh, those, those masks look like mannequin masks, and I have an irrational fear of inanimate <laughs> objects coming to life. <laughs> Oh my lord. Yeah, no, this this whole performance was absolute nightmare fuel from beginning to end. And the thing of it was, was Ken, you're 100% right. Like, the violinist was like, oh man, that dude was amazing. That dude is crazy good at his craft. And yet this song, while really, really good, I could not watch it. I just couldn't. Like, I sat there with my hand covering my face. Like, I just could not watch this performance it was i wasn't mad bad but i was like what the what the (laughs) bleep am i watching like literally my facial expression is this could be a horror movie was just watching that eyes just (laughs) no he wasn't he walked away not too long after kuhn oh oh my god i think he gave up he he was on he was kind of like watching it with me while he was on his phone and then he gave up i should have made him watch that performance look 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 how weird this crap is i actually might make him go back and watch and show him that i made him watch the uh, performance that we'll talk about later though (laughs) but oh yeah that performance i would (laughs) i would think maybe you'd be interested in that but Continuing on up, it is good old Daichi Mira, the Daich. Haven't seen him in a while with his song Blizzard. Of course, yes. he's going to do the song that was highly internationally reached. And it's been a while since I've heard it. And, you know, like it's been since, like, what, last year since we heard it? Not literally. Yeah, it came out, it came out it came December out, 2018. 
Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, it came it, out December 2018. Right, it, right... Yep, go on, it, Ken. It, it, it's good to see the song, and it was, it's was. it been a while to have seen it in my personal view, so... I, I liked it. It was, it was really good, and, you know... It, I'm not a huge Deitch fan like you guys. I, I appreciate what he does. I see him every single time I go to the freaking airport because he's the NHK representative. <laughs> yep. But yeah, oh my lord, like he killed it. I, I felt like he just absolutely nailed this. The choreography was just absolutely dope. The light show that they had going on was really great. Near the end, the pyrotechnics were just amazing, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, and his vocals were great as always. I mean, uh, Daichi always does a good job in all his performances, oh and his choreography always on point so great to see him live and perform yeah when this performance was over with my heart was racing and i was out of breath and i did not get up from my seat (laughs) it was that good oh i love the song but yeah continuing on the anime train here it is good old lisa with her song gurenge and by god this song is freaking good it was the anime version so no of the impressive feat of her wanting to do what I fell in love with the song initially with, but it's great to see her great to see her on this stage. And they really made it a point that she was an anime singer. And I really hated that, but you know, to each their own, they, they really overemphasized her animeness. And I mean, I thought it was really weird that they had demon slayer paint playing in the background. But at the same time, Demon Slayer was one of the most popular new anime in in North America. So that that song does have some fair amount of international appeal. So she is one of the faces of Japan, especially growing in, in the international market. So I really felt like it was a really smart, really good idea to have her on the stage. And I just felt like it was a shame that they're just now getting her. This is her debut. And that, that to me, was a crime. Like, she should have been on there before. Like, she's an amazing artist. The fact that she's just now getting there is kind of a shame. But, every you know, I'm glad she's there now. And this was an absolutely great performance. So, I I thought the Lisa performance, Kudenge, was amazing. Her vocals were on point as always. I thought her outfit was really good. Yes. Are really cute as well. Um, I, I mean, it was a great performance, and I'm really glad to see Lisa on there. And she has great international appeal due to all the anime music she's done, especially for Sword Art Online, which has been a huge hit over here, as well as Demon Slayer. So, glad. I hope she comes back again. Yeah, that that is for darn, darn sure. That- Continuing on, you know, they did a huge inter- interchange segment of the generation of the era of going into Reiwa and talking about Reiwa all the time. And, you know, it's impressive that they did that every so often. But it it t- shows how historical that that era change was to the modern Japanese society anyway. And I was yeah. ha- happy that they they were able to highlight it. And then that transition to Sayuri Ishikawa with her song Sugaru K- 
Kai Kyo Fuyu Ga Shiki, which was really good. And it is like the perfect image of what Inca is. And with King and Prince on Taiko in the back. <laughs> yep. Yes. It, it was very, very impressive. They they made a lot of good uses of the background screen this time of year, this time around. Mm-hmm. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do next year because this is also the last time they're going to be in the NHK Hall because they're, they're remodeling it for the next couple of years, the traditional NHK Hall, which was this one. So it's it's great to see how they kind of went bare minimalist with a lot of things and just decided to use the background screen as like the background filler for a lot of that and this was one of the first of many obviously with lisa and gurenge they played the literal opening of the anime in the background so yeah i thought this was the perfect um anka song like you said i of course i spotted king and prince that was one of the first things like you said on the taiko drums like oh they're coming they're doing a good job back there and it was a good touch to it too yeah, well, I mean, she had a like a huge number of musicians on that stage, and that was that was what really impressed me. And this song was the definition of tradition. So it was really nice to have like that that statement of you know this is tradition, this is history, and it was really well done. Her vocals was really really nicely done. So it was really nice to see this here. But yeah, continuing on up to King New with their song. Hakujitsu. And by God, seeing this song live was very, very interesting. This is the first time I've seen it. You know, granted, the music video is a similar live version to it. And they kind of went overbearing on the fog a bit to kind of match that black and white feel of the music video. But besides Mm -hmm. that, a very, very impressive showing for their first of hopefully many appearances on the Kohaku. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Their vocals were, um, you know, amazing. I I was just blown away by that, and I thought they did a they had a a, a great debut performance. Yeah, I felt like this was an amazing performance, and honestly, I I'm from I remember the song. I'm very familiar with it, and I love the song. I love the bass song. But I actually think I kind of like this live performance just a little bit more. I felt like they just had like that little extra something in this performance that really just made it go over the top. And it was just super well done. And it's like you guys said, like his vocals was just really on point. And like the whole thing just worked really, really well. And this was an amazing job. And continuing on up to... Midori Oka, my my waifu, to, with her song mm-hmm. Kamisudu, absolutely beautiful and elegant voice. I could listen to this all day, and you know it pointed her the fact that she is the future of Inca at the young age of thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, and it's, but this it, was a great performance. Yeah, it's it's always good to see her on the the Kohaku, and I'm always very excited. This is her third year in a row doing it, and the one thing with her was the the cranes this time around, and I I, I think they kind of went overbearing with it, but I understand why they tried to do it. 
I actually really like the cranes. I, I really thought it was cool near the end when they pan the camera back and they show yep. like the flying yep. paper clan, uh, cranes, the flying paper cranes over the crowd. I thought that was really nicely done. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like Kiss My Feet 2 did a really good job in this performance too because they were they were performers in this and I felt like they they done a great job in this. I thought it was a great performance as well and Midori has such a beautiful voice. I look forward to more of her performances as an Enka singer and see how she grows as well. And yeah. I I thought the cranes were really interesting. I I know what you mean by it, it was a lot. <laughs> but it definitely made for a memorable performance. Oh yeah, oh no, yeah, yeah. You're you're darn sure for that. And you know that's why I kind of had a little gripes with this. I'm sure they they had the intentions of trying to make this very very impressive, but a lot of it was over. They dialed it to eleven with a lot of it, and this was kind of one of one of those examples where they kind of just overdid it. But I understand why. Because, you know, they they try to make it a thousand cranes and, you know, the thousand cranes, one true wish. And it's interesting for her because she appeared every year since her debut, since we started doing this, this, this whole podcast. Because <laughs> she debuted yeah. when we first did the Kohaku, too. But yeah, continuing on up, it is the first song that was made outside of the NHK Hall, and that was Masaharu Fukuyama's Midlay. He performed at the Pacifico Yokohama Countdown. And it was interesting that he sung Hello, Niji, and Zero, with the zeros being a very impressive Latin feel to it, I might add, with the guitar. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. I loved all three of these songs, but the, the Zero was ah. Magnifique, like that song was so good. Especially all the pyrotechnics, I like fire. (laughs) I love this performance as well, and he really stood out to me. Due to this, I liked the guitar work. I liked the guitar work a lot, as it did give it that Latin feel. And just his high energy, you know, really gotten with the crowd. Yeah. So... Also, that stage he was on was so cool because it was like he was in the middle of this circular arena and it's like this 360 degree stage that was really cool, really nicely done. And his energy on all three songs was just absolutely amazing. And continuing on back to the NHK Hall is Twice with their Japanese version of TT and Fancy. What what's just really impressive, and you don't see me now, but I'm I'm doing the stupid TT hand signs right now, and I love that song. It's it's very impressive. I haven't heard it in a while, so it's a good nice reminder to go and see it. And the switch from that medley to the dance was always impressive. With Fancy showing off their I- impressive dance skills, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt I felt like both these songs were really well done. It was, I love TT. I'm never going to complain to see it. But at the same time, I would have liked to have seen something a little different from these girls, but I get why they did it. And I really loved, like, because they had, like, these uh, three screens that, that popped down and they were cell phones. And it was really cool how they incorporated it into the performance. And I felt like it was really well done. And Fancy was pretty good, too. Like, Fancy was pretty solid. Um, I like that they did do TT as they brought back, you know, one of their most famous songs in japan that they did 
However, I'm a little disappointed they did fancy instead of breakthrough. Especially with those outfits, I was expecting them to do breakthrough as I love that song. Although I thought fancy was still good. Their dancing was amazing. Their harmonies are good as always. So. And continuing on, it is the lovely Hiroshi Itsuki with his song Viva La Vida. And it's interesting. <laughs> they, they're really loving that damn USA song very much in the background that they started doing the motions for it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they they were doing the motions for that, but I but really like this song. Like this, the this song in particular though was the biggest outlier of too many freaking things going on in this song though. I'll, it's a great song, but I was I'm I'm like a I'm like a cat, I'm distracted or I'm like a dog. <laughs> I'm distracted way too much by what the hell was going on in the background for this song. Oh yeah, there was this song, there's so much and I was paying attention more to the background than the song itself. Yeah, well, the reason I liked it so much is because they were playing the alto saxophone, which is the the saxophone that I played in band, so the like I always just like ooh ooh saxophone. So but I really, really did enjoy the performance, even though at one point the saxophonist is doing push-ups, and I do not know why. I thought that was really weird. And yeah, it was a bit chaotic and all over the place. I will give it that. But it, it still was like a fun song. They were having fun with it. And I think that was really in theme with the night is, you know, party, having a good time, enjoying the new year. Yeah, so I really I, felt like that in nailed in that gar- regard. Yeah, yeah. I understand the point of that, too. And it's just uh, the reason why they were starting doing push-ups because they, they were guests, the the two in the front. They're like celebrities. Uh, okay. And that's why they were like trying to show off. That That's another gotcha. thing, too. It's like, Jesus Christ, but put your dick away. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to well, do Well, I mean, here. he was really good. He was really good on the saxophone. I I thought I felt like he nailed the saxophone part. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, the the when he was like on the ground doing push-ups, I was like, "Okay. This this turned into the weird mode." Yeah. But continuing on, it was the rugby team came on and it, one of the many like four or five segments that the rugby team was coming on but <laughs> it was impressive because it was this song particularly was used as the rugby like international feel of it and that was little glee monster with their song echo and by god i forgot I keep forgetting, like, because we don't cover them as much as we do. Now that might change because they have their own freaking YouTube channel and Sony can't, yes. can't, can't ruin that as much anymore. But I keep on forgetting how damn good their vocals are. I, I oh, keep yeah. on forgetting that. And every single time they've appeared in the Kohaku that we've done this, I have that jolt of reminder saying, you got to go and get at least a couple of their songs because they have always have an impressive showing. Of what they show in the Kohaku. And this mm-hmm. Echo was amazing. I would highly recommend it. You try to go see the song. I agree. The vocals and the emotions they put in this song. You could see the how the girls' expressions were as they were singing Echo. And you could also see the crowd's reaction, such as the rugby team there. They were all emotionally taken by the song. 
just the power in it. It, it it's a gorgeous song an amazing performance by them oh yeah vocally these girls are just on fire and it showed this was a great performance and it was definitely one of like it's really hard to forget this performance and it really stuck with you throughout the night and definitely a standout and ken's right of all the acts that we'll talk about, this is definitely one that I recommend go, go and see it because these girls just absolutely knocked it out of the park. They they need to they to, to the day after. I hope they patted themselves on the back. Job well done, girls. Like they just absolutely murdered it. But yeah, continuing on up, it is the lovely Dub Pump with their lovely medley of Party Universal Festival and USA. Oh boy, so, as much as I would like to love Party Universal, it it just didn't have that feel that I thought it would, (laughs) just just this time around, and, you know, and kind of beating up that dead horse of USA, I mean, I understand, I really, really understand, I prefer another version of USA, but we won't get to that right now. <laughs> another one. And it's damn catchy. I, I, I'll give it that. But by God, those outfits were horrendous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with those outfits. They were whew, they were rough to look at. But I really, this is one of the times where I really felt like it being a medley, there were so many medleys this year, but I felt like this being a medley kind of hurt them. And I, I'm with you. I get why they did USA, but I even wrote that down in my notes. I'm like, do we really need to hear USA again? Because <clears throat> I get it's the Olympics. I get that's an international song that's, that's appealing to one particular country. But I felt like, you know, party is... is like, I really enjoyed the party segment of the performance. I really felt that was good. And I really felt like had Party just been the only song that they did and not share the spotlight with USA, that song would have shined a lot more than what it did. And the fact that you had Party and then USA, it just, it just, I was like, ah, do we really need this? And it, it really, like, it, it was, it was a good performance overall. I really enjoyed it. This is another one of those acts where I was really mad at the camera crew because there's break dancers on stage and you can't see the break dancers because they're focusing on the crowd, bouncing the giant football balloons up. And I'm like, well, I mean, rugby. those are cool balloons. Oh, rugby. Well, because it had USA on it, I thought it would be football. But I mean, it's the same ball either way. I really enjoyed this performance, but I do have a few gripes about it. Yeah, I, I just feel like USA is a little overdone at this point. I do like the song. It's a great song. However, I, you know, the melody, I understand why they did it, especially being, you know, it's a fun international song and the rugby team got into it big time. By golly, they were all up and dancing to it. Oh yeah, they were. They were really enjoying the hell out of that song. So I will say I, they did make a good choice as it was a crowd pleaser. 
Yes. However, I do feel like it is a little bit overdone, and I wish if they would have done something different, but it makes complete sense why they did this melody. Well, I mean, besides Party Universal Festival, what other song had they done this year? <laughs> uh, yep. Sakura. Mm. I don't remember the full name of it, but it was Sakura something. Yeah, I remember the, the Party Universal, because I, I do remember when that came out, but that's the only one that really stuck with me that they did. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the Sakura song. Yeah, it's just called Sakura. Yeah, that, but to case the point, you know, Sakura bombed. It didn't do well. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, Sakura was not a great, and I, I get why they didn't play that song. Yeah, they filmed, they filmed Party Universal shortly after they were like, oh, well, it didn't do, Sakura didn't do well. And I, I thought it was important because it was more of a vocally talent song. But, you know, people just want their hilarious dancing now and it's really just for the clicks at this point yep but speaking of for the clicks we got official hige dandism with pretender and this week it sold 7,874 <laughs> copies <laughs> oh, I wouldn't know they, they, they took a break but <laughs> regardless <laughs> you know pretenders God damn, this song is very impressive live. This is the second time I've heard it in a live sitting. First time being at, at Rock in Japan. And it really proves that this song is something special. And just like King New, I hope this will be the first of many Kohakus that they appear in. And I really, really hope that they aren't just a one-hit wonder. I Me really too, hope that. Their vocal talent and just seeing the lead singer get on the piano while he was while he was singing Pretender is just amazing. And the band itself, they're fantastic. And it it solidified my reason for loving this song yet again is seeing it live. It just really makes you feel. Yeah, this was a really, really good live performance. It was really fantastic and I mean, they really showed why they were on the stage, why they really deserved to be on the stage with this performance. And I agree with Ken. Let's hope that they're not a one-hit wonder. Let's hope they come back for more. And, you know, I'm, you know, it's a new year. Let's see what they do in 2020. Sky's the limit. Well, yep, hopefully so. And continuing on, it is Kiyaki Zaka 46 with their song Fukuon. And they had to bring it up. I, I, I'm very impressive that NHK brought that fault up, that they brought up the old performance, and the fact that they did bring a point that freaking, <laughs> you know, Hirate went overboard. <laughs> And you can see the point where she went overboard with the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was good for them to be like, yeah, we kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that they brought the song again, I mean, I understand they're trying to be like, well, she can do it this time and not burn herself out. But I, I liked it. And, you know, she was she went all out for this song and yeah she it, did and it was kind of impressive and it was really freaking funny at the same time because she went over the t- she gave it 110 percent while everyone else gave it a good 80 percent and just <laughs> just seeing that extra 30 percent of her doing it was 
so funny. <laughs> and you know, I gotta lead out with this. <laughs> they them them pelvic thrusts they did near the end of the song. <laughs> that creeped me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It made me think of this one game that they just the pelvic thrusts are just to the max with the song. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll say I I'm actually not a huge fan of this song. I'm I'm super familiar with it. I've heard it. I couldn't tell you how many times. And every time like it comes up on my phone or my playlist, I kind of just bemoan it because I'm like, well, I mean, it's not a bad song, but I don't love it. And I will say I I really felt like this performance really changed my opinion of the song in a lot of ways. I really felt like they just killed it. It was such a great performance, and I it made me enjoy the song in a way I never had before, and I r- really really liked it. Like Ken said, like Hirate Yurina does like a hundred and ten percent. Just like I mean, she leaves everything on that stage. Like when she walks off, she is a husk in 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 many ways. Like she's like she left it all on the stage, and it that was pretty impressive and i i really like the choreography i thought it was really really nicely done including the pelvic thrust um i didn't like it at all i thought the dancing was really weird and somewhat disturbing oh yeah it's disturbing all right it feels like it feels like a zombie song coming alive (laughs) it doesn't i love zombie stuff but the, the song didn't fit the dancing which is what i didn't like about it I mean, the vocals were okay, but I just didn't care for the song in general, so. So, yeah, this wasn't one of my favorites. I was just like, oh, it's a little odd. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that this song was a very inspired song, let's just, we're going to play it that way. It it's, It is, it, it takes a little getting used to, and if you're not on board with the song you're not going to be on board with the song i i completely understand that but specifically this dance song <laughs> it just wasn't my thing yeah but continuing on it is the magic show I, 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 that's all i can call it man like i i couldn't tell you what the hell the song was about it's uh kaori mizumori with Takato Sakura Michi. It's impressive. It's really impressive. But this is another outlier of the the one thing that they did last year just taken to eleven once more because not only did they do one illusion, they did like three illusions. Yes. And yeah. It took away from the song. I'm I could not do this. I really don't like the fact that a lot of background noise was all throughout this performance for the Koaka. And I I understand i really understand that they really want to keep people interested for the memes and the clicks and all that lovely stuff but i i can't you know it's they need to do something (laughs) they need to do something because it's taken away from the song it does i couldn't pay attention to the song all my you know everything i took away from it was the magic show the dress change and the, you know, outfit, the ending was cute. 
you know, I thought it, and I, and it was a beautiful song, but that's all I remember from it is the magic show mainly because it took away from the song itself. Oh yeah. I couldn't tell you anything about the song. Like all of my notes are all about the magic show. I, I loved it. I loved it when they split the girl apart. I thought that was, was such a, I know it's a tricky scene a thousand and one times, but it was so cool when they did that. And they never put that poor girl back together. <laughs> like they just wheeled her off back to the stage in half. And I was like, "That's yeah." Hilarious. She's just legs now, just walking through <laughs> she's, TSA. She, 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 she's just legs, and, she, and her her torso is just off doing its own thing. They're they're living separate lives now. <laughs> and like the tree growing sakura branches, I was like, "Eh." That one I wasn't too crazy about. But the the last trick where they dumped like all this pink confetti on her, and her dress turns pink super dope that was amazing i i i would love to know how they pulled that one off that was absolutely crazy because she disappears for maybe a hot second in in a cloud of confetti and she comes back out because she's wearing I, I think it was a blue dress i could be wrong on this it was but i think it was like a blue dress and then they dump this pink confetti on her and it just turns pink and i'm like oh that's so cool and that that was absolutely amazing. I love magicians. I love stage magic. And th- this this was a highlight of the night, and for all the wrong reasons, which is why 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 I can I can understand your complaint about this, Ken, because it's just like, yeah, I could talk to you all day about the magic show. I couldn't tell you anything about her performance. She looked nice in the dress. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, continuing on up it is King and Prince with Cinderella Girl and Clay Wazude and goddamn, I forget how both songs were really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yes. This was one of my favorite performances. I loved it. I thought King and Prince knocked it out of the park. Their harmonies, their dancing, just everything about it and it made me fall in love with them again especially seeing them live they can put on a show yeah they were really really good but i i will be honest this is one of the acts that i felt like i could have done without the medley of it i'd love cinderella girl and it's always nice to hear it but i really would have loved to have seen just the whole act be uh koi yeah i really would have loved the whole act to be that song because i was really really loving it and i haven't heard it since we talked about it you know when it when it came out and it is a fantastic it's an amazing song and i would have loved to just seen them do that whole song and just really let that song shine and really just let that be a thing. But both performances were really, really well done. And I'm not going to bemoan Cinderella Girl too much because it still was a great, great performance. And these guys just absolutely killed it. And it's, if you ever wondered why they're popular, watch this. You will know instantly. They they are gifted. They are talented. They are amazing. Like, like the way they harmonize is just absolutely fantastic like these guys are just absolutely an amazing team yep 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 that is for darn sure and continuing on up it is the song that number 86 will not let down in his entire life <laughs> ever again <laughs> hiroshi miyamiya with uh, bonkyo sanga 
and it's the it's the the kendama song we're gonna just pretty much say this is the third year in the world that they're gonna try for the world record they achieved it last year with 124 consecutive catches and they wanted to yep. break the record this time around with 125 fortunately yep. they couldn't do it they they broke down right around the midpoint it happened the first time they did this too and yeah number 14 <laughs> dropped his ball immediately yeah. and i was like oh so it I mean, like I said, it, this is one of the things where the, the clicks and the memes were more evident and more important to the performance than the song itself. And I'm really begudging that because I already know that his next performance next year is he's going to try it again. Yep. Yep. And I am not looking forward to it. I groaned when I saw it this year because I was like, when he hit the Guinness Book World Record last year, I was like, thank God. I never have to see this act again because it's not that interesting. I'm not going to lie. It's just people pulling a ball up and catching it in a cup. And like the first time you see it, it's kind of cool. Second time you're like, okay, I've kind of had my fill. When I saw it this year, I about threw something because I'm like, I am done with this noise. And then number 86 dropped the damn ball. What's funny is a lot of guest appearances happened there. DJ Koo and his Kunis is there. Yeah, and his outfit was wild. I mean, that's what he's more famous for. <laughs> Woo! That was uh, a show. One of the members of Maximum the Hormone was there. They didn't bring any attention to him, but it was pretty funny to see him. <laughs> I caught that too. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, it's... it's... What, what what was your thoughts on the, the whole thing there, Luna? I mean, same as last year. Oh, they're doing Kodama again. Okay. I, I do like Hidoshi's Inca. You know, I think it's, it's very, very traditional and he brings it back. However, I'm tired of the whole Kodama thing with it. Oh, if he- it was just him performing, that'd be great. You know, and it'd be something new, but with the whole Kodama in the background, it really does take away from the performance and the artist himself. And see, I 188% agree with you, Luna, because it's just, that, that was, that's my gripe, is he is an absolutely fantastic singer, and I'd love to see him do another performance, another stage production that is not this. Like, I really want to see what else he can do. Yep, I think that's the main fallback about this. Especially since we know they're going to do it next year. It's going to be the same thing. And no one's going to pay attention to his performance itself, but just the people doing the game. So. Yep, yep, yep. But continuing on, I, I just need to preface since, you know, I want to rock and roll all night. And party every, every day. day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it was Yoshiki collaborating with Kiss. Yoshi Kiss. Yoshi Kiss is their, their collaboration name. You know, it's funny because they, they, they did this whole video of why, you know, Yoshiki was very, very happy to have done this. It, they, he His inspiration of becoming a drummer was because of Kiss when he was 11, and it was his dream come true to hold to do this. And Kiss, they don't allow usual other guest artists to come out with them, and it was a whole big thing. And 
it's impressive nonetheless. I didn't know that about Kiss that they don't allow guest artists to perform with them occasionally. So that that's yeah. news yeah, that to me. So if that's true, then that's really impressive for Yoshiki stuff to have be one of the honorable guests or the honorable artists to be a guest to help them out to perform an amazing mm-hmm. song, one of their more famous songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is probably Kiss's biggest song, and it was really nice to see this. I One, I do want to make a shout-out to that see-through piano that you see him playing in the beginning of it. Like, that thing was gorgeous. But when he goes up and he starts doing the drums, like, like absolutely fantastic drum work. I almost thought for a hot minute when they do the guitar solo, they were going to break and let him do a drum break. They didn't quite do that, but that would have been really cool if they'd let him do like his own drum break real quick and, and do like a drum solo. But still, this was a really, I mean, it was a song that I think everyone that's listening to this show has probably heard a million times. I don't think there's anything too surprising about the performance, but it was super nice to see Yoshiki up there on the stage. And I don't know if that was Gene Simmons or not being Gene Simmons. Like, I don't know if that was Gene Simmons or not, but um, he kept doing the tongue thing. So one can only guess it didn't sound like him singing, but I was like, well, Gene Simmons is a lot older and I know your voice changes as you get older. So Maybe it's the fact that Gene Simmons is an older man, but the fact that they had uh, the lead guitarist whose name I don't know off the top of my head doing all the talking really seemed like to me like that wasn't Gene, uh, but I don't know. So I like the, the the video beforehand just because you get to learn a little bit about more Yoshiki and why Kiss was there with him. And it was a great entrance into introducing them and like Ken said earlier, I didn't know that Kiss didn't allow guest performers with them. So it was great to see them on stage together. One of the biggest rock bands of, I would say, the decade. Everyone knows who Kisses. Everyone knows their music. And seeing Yoshiki up there, who everyone knows who he is. He is very famous and all over the world as well. And seeing these two, you know, two legendary you know rock stars you know group and rocks you know performed together was just amazing and i love the introduction with yoshiki on piano and then goes right into the drums it, it was amazing i i'm so glad and i'm very surprised they got kissed to go so i felt like it was a big shock to see someone like them in japan on new year's yeah it was it was impressive nonetheless but continuing on, it is the lovely Shinoringa with her medley here. And, you know, it's it's funny. She she was pretty tame this year <laughs> compared to her last couple. Yeah, I think that's why I love this performance is because it was just tame. And it was just her doing her thing and her voice. Because that's when I really, really like Shinoringa. And she did my favorite song that she does, which is uh, Jinsei wa Yume Dalake. Like I, I love that song. So to see that live was really, really cool. 
what I was more impressive in that is I got to see Tokyo Soul Pimp Sessions in the background there. I was so happy to see <laughs> them have a lovely performance. They were the they were the main performance doing the song. And yeah. they are an impressive band that I would love to bring a little bit more highlight later on, but you know, it's happy to see that they got their moment. They got to be with Shinoringo, who's an impressive figure to the industry nonetheless, no matter what the haters say. But it, her impressive range brought back to what she does best. And that's what I really liked about this one. There's nothing to go sing to the cows about with this this medley, but it brought her back to her basic soul, and that's what I loved. I I agree with that. I loved it for that reason. It it was back to, you know, her basics and it was nice. It was a beautiful performance. I thought her outfit and her were just stunning. It was simple. It just it shined for that reason is the simplicity of it. And her vocals were amazing as always. I just love hearing her perform. She is an artist that has so much talent. So, we continue on to Misawa Hibari. So, this is an interesting thing. This is a project head by Akimoto Sensei of AKB48 fame. And she is an artist that passed away several years back. And she was brought back to life using the same technology that is being used for Hatsumiku and it's interesting to see that it's really creepy because it kind of goes into that gray area too because well, well first I want to hear what you guys think about this song and then we can kind of talk more about it because this this topic needs to be brought up at the end of the day of what what can we do with this kind of thing yeah so i mean i thought it was a beautiful song but that's all i really got from the performance just because it it felt very planned which makes sense because and very animated due to the movement and how the song was constructed to me and also near the end how she was how her mouth was moving it's just such a hard subject to to um, I guess discuss like you said due to the fact that it's she's passed now so it's a very thin line of is this okay is this not okay yeah I, I will say one I was not familiar with this artist and I did not know that she had passed on and I was kind of floored when Ken told us pre-show that she had passed on because I, I did not realize that that was a CGI model I will say I thought her mouth was moving a little weird in in the performance but that was really like the only indicator that something was off and I just didn't I just kind of dismissed it I just didn't think too much of it but it was really, really weird. The song was really pretty. I really did like the song. I, I felt it was a nice song. But for me, I don't I don't know if it's a thin line. I think it's a very thick, broad red line. I just 
I I don't I just don't think like stuff like this is appropriate. I I think at a certain point you need to let the death the dead rest, and I don't think it's appropriate to bring somebody back to 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 do this. Like it, it it's I'm, it is tricky. I don't want to just write it off entirely. Especially if you're trying to like commemorate their life or to celebrate their life in a meaningful manner, that's that's definitely one thing, and and I do see where the trickiness is involved in that regard. But if it's done just for the sheer fact of making money off of someone who's already passed on, that's really ugly and should not be done. But I, I yeah, th- it, it it just it kinda, depends. It's it really just depends because honestly, if her estate, but the thing is, we don't know how this is handled in Japan compared to internationally. Because if it was, if it was international, they would have to go to her estate and get permission from the family, and then the family would have to have a legal battle of, well, if you guys are going to do this, they, they get have to have to have it. They have to have a cutback of what's going on. And it's interesting because this enti- the entire song was a new song, and it was used from vocally from her old performances. So, it it kind of goes with that thing. If you guys watch Black Mirror on Netflix, I don't know if you guys watch it or not. This past season was something very similar, where an artist fell brain dead. And they used her consciousness and her AI to make a new song and to make a CG version of her. Like, literally, this was pulled from from Black Mirror onto this thing. And you think that's where they got the idea? No, because they probably had to have planned this months in advance before Black Mirror was even out. Oh, okay. I, I don't know when Black Mirror's new episodes dropped, so... It dropped over the summer, so they would have to have planned this beforehand, unless they have some top-notch animators over in Japan. But you know, it's so weird, and I I just don't know. I can't in in my mind. It's kind of it's kind of like the same thing with seeing like what if you guys watched Rogue One with Star Wars. It was really weird seeing Carrie Fisher de-aged and cg defied and it had that great area of like well it was really bad because she just passed like a week before this movie dropped (laughs) yeah the timing on that was really weird but also that general the the uh general from a new hope is in that movie and yeah pass away yeah yeah, he passed away in the 80s Yeah. yeah so right around the same time as as Misawa Hibari, so it's it's interesting and scary at the same time because then that means that they could possibly try to do this with other singers that passed, and yeah. I kind of don't want them to do that. And you're right, no. great. They the the dead has to rest, and I understand. Mm. I, I I understand completely. But this this this, uh, this is going to be a topic that we have to talk about for another day. But I wanted to at least touch on it just for a yeah. bit because 
of the implications that could happen from this. Yeah, yeah, because it does. It definitely opens the door to like again. It, they, there's a lot of really nice things. Like I said, if if they're looking to do like a tribute to somebody or to celebrate someone's life like this, that is one thing, and like I'm still not okay with it. But I would let it, you know, I'd let it fly. I'd be like, well, you know, I don't think this is really cool, but I see what they're doing here and I respect that. But it, it can open the door to just like, okay, you're dead, but we're still going to make a ton of money off of you. And I'm like, that's evil. Don't do that. So it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this technology gets used moving forward and see how they implement it in different things. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just such... You know, like what Ken and um, Grace said, it's one of those gray areas that it's really hard to determine, and I just don't really have too much more to add to that. But yeah, let's let's continue on to Ken Jenny Aid. They also kind of did a short medley. It's of Zekyo and Otomodachi. It it was nice, but it was too short. But it led to the song of My Mikoi Sukumaru. They really played that meme of the Pikachus walking and dancing together because there's really nothing to write home about this song except all the Pikachus walking around. Yep, that's all I had is I love the Pikachus and I like that King and Prince came out. Yeah, I, I felt like the songs were okay. I wasn't crazy about the songs, but the Pikachus were definitely the highlight. I loved all the Pikas. Pika Pikas. Pikachu. Pika Pika. But, so... This one is a two-parter for continuing on from there. It is Nogizaka 46 with Synchronicity. This is very impressive for them to do this. So, A, Synchronicity is a damn good song. It's probably one of their best songs, in my opinion. It, it's, a, it's a stellar song. I, yeah. I don't think it's their best, but I do agree with you. It is fantastic. Yeah. It's impressive to see the song live, and it sounded great. But this is also a hallmark moment to see all of the Sakamichi groups together. What the Sakamichi groups is the 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 proper term of saying the forty sixes. And gotcha. it was very very important that they brought all of them together. I'll bet they didn't include the the gaining forty six group, but it's all the girls pretty much. That was part of it. Yeah. I, I thought it was really cool to have all the... I, I, I wrote all the 46s because I, I didn't know they were the Sakamichis. But I, I thought it was just really cool how they were able to get them all on stage. The choreography was really well done. And the, the, I really love how they incorporated the host. I thought he'd done a great job in, in his little dance number too. I felt like he'd, he'd done an outstanding job. And this was a really, really nice performance overall. Yeah, I actually quite enjoyed the performance of Synchronicity. I liked that they had all the groups together performing it with, you know, with the song. They're all in harmony, all in sync. I love their outfits. I just thought it was very well done, and it made me enjoy Synchronicity a lot more than I initially did. But, yeah. Continuing on to another two-parter here, it... We got to see Ogen-san to Ishoni, and it's really good to see Hoshin Ogen like this because this is his persona that he really likes to portray, and it's important to him because he really likes doing the Ogen-san. And 
of course, they brought in his entire family, which you, Grave, should be more impressive about because they have um, Mimoru uh, Miyamita and he's Ryuji from Persona 5. Nice. They also have that. They also have the Deitch on there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the Deitch. Because he's also a character on the show, too. Oh, okay. So it's again. it's funny to to see them all together, and they sung one of his best songs of the the generation, which was Doraemon, obviously, yeah. which is really good. Yeah, and that song was popular when we first started. So it's it's oh yeah, that song was super popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed that little skit they did all together. I thought that was actually really cute and really well done. And I always look forward to Gensan's little skits he does. But switching over, they made him go to the roof. He is one of the many artists that they force up onto the chilly nights up on the roof there with his song, Same Thing. And this is the first time I've heard this song. And by freaking God, this song was freaking amazing. His English was so great and so natural that I would love to look more into his work. Oh, hell of a lot more than I had been. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I just really felt like this whole performance was absolutely amazing. I I really, really loved it. His English is very clean, very nice. And to see the band against like the, the Tokyo skyline was just a really great scene. And there he does eventually start walking around the roof and he goes on the helipad and he's, he's kind of just wondering about, but the, the, the see him singing in front of the band with the, the Tokyo skyline in the background was just a really cool moment that I, I will take with me for a while because that, that was just such a great scene and definitely really, really cool. And you were, you're 100% right. Ken, uh, same thing is that was that that is a really really good song. Like he nails it through and through. This is a great song. Yeah, I completely agree. I absolutely love the song, and his. I did not realize how good his English was, and hearing him sing that whole song in English was fantastic. It really hits towards a international audience, not only with the Doraemon skit, but with that song. And just like Gray and Ken said, with the rooftop and the background with this Tokyo skyline, it was just a fantastic performance. And this was another one of my favorites of the night. Hoshino Gen has such a great voice. And I just really enjoy seeing and hearing him perform. And continuing on up, it is the lovely trio of Perfume and their song, Fusion. It's very impressive to go see our senpais dancing around. And they were really Im- improving the fact that they were really internationalizing this year, which was impressive in and of itself. So the dancing and the choreograph was very interesting, to say the least. But of course, mm-hmm. they have to bring their song Polyrhythm into the mix there because that is their best song and one of the more well-recognizable songs. I was very excited to see them bring polyrhythm into that. But I thought the the um, transfer or the 
how do you say that when fusion went into polyrhythm i thought it was very fluid and it worked so well together their dancing and the lights you know everything they did was great yeah the i will say if i heard fusion like on the radio i'd probably immediately turn it just because there's not really a whole lot going on vocally is mostly them dancing so but their performance for this was really really well done i really really liked it and i really really loved the other uh, was polyrhythm i really really loved that i i, I kind of hated that you only kind of got like a small taste of that song and then and then they stopped but it, it was a good performance overall and the 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 how they incorporated the like the screens and and into their choreography with the and like the the silhouette dancers of them was really really cool and i just really felt like this was a really really cool stage production that they did yeah yeah it was once again it's always good to see our senpais out there <laughs> yes it is but yeah, continuing on to the lovely Beat Takeshi with his song Asakusa Kid. And it's very, very interesting to see someone of his age sing of his age and health. And I I found it hilarious though that, you know, he's singing the song and I'm like, oh, it's uh it's it's the slum dog millionaire type of song where you're going up and you're trying to rough it through life and stuff like that. But I found it hilarious that he's just wearing winter slacks through this entire performance. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was just like, I mean, I understand the message that you're doing, but I'm like, Mr. Takeshi, can you at least dress a little bit more nicer? <laughs> then, well, you, you know, know he's gotta... instead of coming out of the break room in the tea room. <laughs> I mean, you... I like the way that he was dressed because it feels like, you know, he could relate to the common man, you know, like, oh, he's just one of us. It, it, it feels like grandpa came to visit. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to say it was interesting seeing him on here. One, I didn't realize he was a singer as well. I know him as mainly an actor. I've seen so many of his movies. I mean, he is a very, very famous actor and I love him to death and I'm I'm glad to see him on the Kohaku. I feel like this is the first time I've really seen him on there because he wasn't there last year, from what I remember. But hearing him sing, and especially with his age getting up there, was just kind of nostalgia. Just seeing him again, I was very excited. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you, Luna. I did not know this guy could sing, and to see him up on stage was really, really cool. If you're not, if you don't know who we're talking about, I think the, his biggest claim to international, like his biggest thing for like the international audience is he's the teacher in Battle Royale. So if you've seen the first Battle Royale, he's the gym teacher. So I would say he has more claim to fame than that. He was Aotoichi, the blind swordsman. Who? Oh, and he is also claimed to fame to, due to MXT, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Yep. yep. Oh, I and didn't know he was on MXT. originally was Takashi's Castle. Yeah, it was Takashi Castle, but it got it commonized to MXT 
Most Extreme Illumination yep. Challenge, which I was, own the whole thing. I love it. <laughs> oh, Most Extreme Illumination Challenge is so hilarious. I didn't know he was associated with that. Yeah, yeah he's one of the hosts. Yeah, he's the main guy. He's the the the, yeah. the, the competition Takeshi Castle was made after him, and it's I, I did not know that. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I I used to watch Takeshi Castle when I was younger, and it was just interesting that they brought MXC up, and I was just like, hmm, it's. It's very, very interesting that that is being brought back up again. <laughs> I, I loved MXT. One of the funniest shows. Oh, my Lord. I would sit there when I was in high school and watch it for hours. Like It is just like one of the most entertaining, funniest shows you'll ever watch. But, um, yeah, getting a little bit off the beaten track here, but this is a good song. It, really nice. I Like I said, I did not know that he was a singer, so... It was nice to see him get up on stage and sing, and 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 it, it was a pretty pretty solid performance overall. Yep, exactly, exactly. And continuing on up, it is Ishikawa Sayuri, and she is one of hopefully many artists to have done this feat. She is going to be the first artist to be in all three eras of the current Kohaku. Nice. That's amazing. So, and she sung her song, Sugaru Kaiko Fukugashiki. And that was just simply amazing. It was. I loved the orchestra, the snow falling, and her voice with that orchestra was beautiful. Yeah, this is an amazing turnout and performance. And I, I was just really awestruck with the visualness of it. I I just love the snow and how how they just made it look like even though she's indoors, like it's just snow falling all around her. Like it was just this really beautiful effect. And near the end of the song it all turns blood red. And oh, it's yeah. just this beautiful, yeah. gorgeous effect. It is. Just and simply amazing. <laughs> they 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 really killed it. And this song really really stood out and i i this was a great performance but yeah continuing on up it is rad whips with a tenchi noko medley i would say and so i gotta be unbiased about this because i know someone in that performance she was in the chorus for grand escape and it was really good to see her. She was, she's an amazing vocalist, and I'm very happy that she has done her. And we get to actually nice. see her. She, she's on camera for a good bit. And I, I can't be – I have to be kind of unbiased with this song. It was great. I really, really liked this song. But that's all I can say about it because otherwise I'd be <laughs> more about seeing my friend than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved it. I thought the the vocal – you know, the vocals for the song – were amazing. I mean, she was a fantastic singer, and I had to look her up afterward. I I loved it. I loved the piano. I loved I loved everything about this performance. Yeah, she was absolutely amazing, and I actually really liked her song a bit more than I did the second song. But both songs were fantastic, and I really, real quick, want to talk about the stage that they were on because I really felt it was. Really cool how they replicated like this, like hat, like 
post-apocalyptic rooftop where Mother Nature's kind of taken back over and you see like all these vines over everything and then right below the stage there's um there's like smoke clouds so it looks like they're standing on top of a building like they they really sold the effect really really well and this is it was a really really cool stage to, to do this production on and I really really enjoyed both both the songs like I said but I I preferred the first song a little better like I thought like her vocal performance was just absolutely outstanding. She is really, really talented, and uh, it was really nice to see her. Yeah, and, you know, I never watched Tenshi no Ko yet. I will have to just wait for the international release. But It comes out, uh, theater release. This January. January yeah. I want to say 15th and 16th. Yeah, yeah so, so 15th by the time, and 16th. By the time you guys are listening to it, it should be next week. Yep. So I've I've got plans with my girlfriend to go see it. We're gonna go we're gonna go theaters and watch it. But yeah, you know, Daijobu is it's such a beautiful song with elegant composition and I can't wait to watch it in th- in the theaters for it. So Same. But continuing on up, it is the lovely Superfly with her song Flare. And I got a preference this much. I love the intro to this because my girl, Total Erica, I love her so much. <laughs> that acapella opening too. was so great. I got excited when I saw Total Erica because I love her. Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, this is the the intro for the uh, drama that she's doing. I believe it's called Scarlet. And Oshima Yuko is also in it, too. So that that's like double. That's like me from 10 years ago is like going freaking crazy right now. <laughs> But internal girl screaming. Yeah, internal girl scream. Like the little ten year old girl in me is going crazy right now. Gotta let her out. <laughs> but yeah, Superfly, just hearing her vocals just gave me chills. And I had wish so they did two versions of the song, the beginning in Acapella and the rest of the song kicking in later on. I just had hope to listen to the whole thing acapella. I did too because oh. her vocals are fantastic and that woman can sing and the acapella really showcases that and just makes it so beautiful. Yeah, I 100% agree. The acapella part of the song really just really made the song stand out. And I I mean, I liked it when the rest of the music kicked in. I really felt like the melody was really well done, but the, just the acapella part of the song was just so gorgeous, yeah, so pretty and amazing. Cool. And... It would have, it would have been a really really bold decision to do this whole thing a cappella. It really would have, like that. It would probably been performance of the show had she done the whole thing a cappella because that that's bold. Like you go on like the biggest music battle competition and then you do your song a cappella and just really knock it out of the park. That would have been dope. Yeah. So it's. It's interesting, you know, her vocals are so well represented with this song, and I, I it made me want to get the song immediately, honestly. <laughs> so, I, I was very happy to see that. And then continuing on, it is another song that is made by the lovely Yonezu Kenshi, and that is Misaki Sude's Machigai Sagashi. And our boy here went freaking super saiyan as hell for this song. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, he dyed his hair super blonde. <laughs> but and I, I now go ahead. You know, this song is a great song. However, now I can only I only want to see this song with a full orchestra behind it. Now that's the only way I'm gonna want to watch to listen to this song. It was fantastic with the full orchestra playing behind him. Oh yeah, him. it was that that was just amazing. And his voice with that whole orchestra, my golly. What a debut for the Kohaku. Holy cow. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you guys. That that was really like the standout moment for me was just like that orchestra and the way like he was able to sing with the orchestra and how there vocally he was kind of able to play off of the orchestra and really just heighten his his vocals it just was a super well done performance and and i i like i i thought he did a fantastic job yeah that it was fantastic fan freaking tasking but continuing on up it is maria takeuchi with her song inochi no uta and you know they did like a very very interesting segment on her beforehand and is it was good to see that how involved she is with the music industry and once again like i said she is one of the only artists currently to have sold a number one hit album in all three eras of japan now in reiwa heisei and showa and the thing is, I'm a little mad because I had wished she sung a different song. But that that's just me personally. You know, Inochi no Uta has that haunting and powerful vocals that just grip you. And it is very interesting to hear. But I had wished that Plastic Love was played instead. I, You read my mind because... I was the same way. I was hoping if she, you know, she did this, that maybe she'd do Plastic Love after as a melody, but she didn't. So I was a little disappointed. Yeah, because Plastic Love is her her best song, in my opinion, and one of the songs that she didn't have a music video for up until seven months ago, <laughs> and that song was released in the eighties. <laughs> mhm. I agree, and that's one all so many people internationally know about. That's the other reason I thought she'd sing it too. But yeah, to each their own. I had wished that she would have sung at least Plastic Love or at least mentioned it in in her medley or something like that. But I understand what Inochi no Uta because it is the song that she did for Weiwa. And, you yeah. know, to have that good foot forward of the next generation, you'll have to sing mm-hmm. that. Oh, yeah. And it was a beautiful song nonetheless. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I really, really like this performance. The thing that really stood out for me, though, was the stage that she was singing on. Like, I really, really liked how she was in a forest. Like, I really felt like they done, like, a great job of giving you, like, that foresty vibe. And, like, they had all these screens that were surrounding her. And so, like, as she was singing, like, various weather conditions would, would play out. Like, you'd see it raining one second and then... You know, one another moment like it'd be fall and autumn, and so like you would see like the leaves falling and stuff like that. So you you got to see like this really cool visual display. And I'm not too too familiar with the artist, so I can't go and speak about 
that, but I felt like the song she did sing was really well done. Her vocals was really nicely done, and it was definitely worth watching. And continuing on after that was full-blown Olympic talk, and it was interesting. This is one of the last ones before they went to the Odyssey segment that they went full in with the Olympic talk here, and it's it's good to see because it gets to show the history of what happened of how why when why is it significant to be chosen and all that lovely stuff. But it went to Ikimonogakari with Kazega Fuiteiru. I love this version of Ikimonogakari. I understand that the new version they're trying to be more a little bit more poppy and might some people might like that more than others. But this is the version of Ikimonogakari that I just love and it's one of their best songs that they sung too. Granted, if they really wanted to be international, they could have just played Blue Bird. <laughs> <laughs> but Kazegafui Teiru, to... yeah, it's, it's just amazing. It is. I completely agree 100%, and I'm really glad they sang this one. I know they have other ones that are more international, but this song was just amazing. And it was just such a great place to put it with the olympics coming up but i can't speak enough about how amazing this performance was by them yeah they really really knocked it out of the part and her vocals for this track was just insane i i really was drawn in by the vocal work that she'd done on the song so i i thought they did an amazing job yeah and continuing on up it is yuzu and it's interesting to see their midlay special for this song. You know, I haven't seen them since last year, and I haven't heard a peep out of them since last Gohaku. <laughs> yeah, they sung uh, Eiko no Kekihashi and Seimei. It's interesting to see how these, these two songs were working. And it's good to see Yuzu. They are a simple duo. And it's good to have such sim- simplicity to the event, so to speak. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, th- I thought these guys were great. They, they've been quiet all year. I, I'd honestly forgotten about them. <laughs> and then they popped up on stage, and they, they they really killed it. I thought they did an outstanding job. Like, they just had, like, this really good chemistry between the two of them. And the, there was a nice charm to their songs. And they, they harmonized really well. It was just a really good performance overall. I felt like both songs that they did were standout singles and uh hopefully they don't go all 2020 quiet but we'll wait and see on how that one goes if anything i guess we'll see them again next year (laughs) (laughs) yeah i thought they did a great job as usual their harmonization is always good and i love that they played the guitar while they're singing so another great performance by them so yeah right after yuzu was a little brief stint of Arashi with their song Kaito. Now this is the last song to have Yunezu Kenshi's name all over the hell on it. And it was interesting. The only way to have Yunezu Kenshi shown on, to ko- on the Kohaku was to show a video that was filmed on a different day for the song recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll say this much. With Kaito... Whenever Kenshi composes a song, it's simply amazing as he really plays to the strengths 
of the vocalists that he's composing for that was hint towards Misaki Suda and now it's plainly certain with Arashi here and I just instantly fell in love with this song it was such a simple beat with the rises just being as much as that needs to without overcompensating anything it was just great and I can't wait to hear this song being drilled into our heads as we watch the Olympics I, I completely 100% agree. I mean, when Yonezu Kenshi composes a song, it's just amazing. And like you said, he plays on the artist's strengths and the perfect harmonies that Arashi has in that song. And just the melody and how it flows so well. I, I just absolutely love it. And I'm really looking forward to this. Come Olympics, listening to this one over and over. Oh, this is definitely a great Olympic song. It, it's so well done. There's a majestic feel to it, especially the way like the music plays in the background while Arashi sings. Like it, this, this song is amazing in in so many ways. And it's one of those songs where I don't know if describing it or talking about it could really ever do it justice this is one of those songs where you you have to hear how amazing it is and it's just a really well done feature and it was really cool that they did this in the olympic arena the stadium uh, to see that to see it finished and complete and them just singing out in the field it was really really cool I i thought that was a really great setting and uh, you know, it just show, it goes to show you why Arashi stands tall. It's why they are amazing as as they are, and uh, it'll it was a really really amazing performance. Yeah, that's for darn sure. That's for darn sure. And continuing on up, it is the lovely Yumi Matsutoya with no side. It's you know Yumi is has been in the industry for so long i don't mind it her her best of albums were selling amazingly well so i wasn't really surprised to see her back on the kohaku and you know it was such a great and elegant song i can't wait to you know actually go down and purchase this best of album i still have not yet to i need to to try and go all, all all over with this song but yeah i i thought it was a beautiful song and like you said uh matsutoya yumi has been in the industry for a long time and i think she did a fantastic job a very emotional song as you could see the reaction from the crowd especially the rugby team they looked like they were in tears a couple of them were So, and I I just, not too much more I can say. I just think she did a great job and always look forward to hearing from her. Yeah, she'd done a a really, really good job. And I I don't have too much more to add to this as well, other than I really thought the piano was really nice in this song. It it stood out really well. And it was just an absolutely gorgeous song overall. Yes, that's for darn sure. And going on up to the Prince of Inca, Hikawa Kiyoshi. And he sung two songs. He did the Daijobu song, which I knew he was going to instantly sing. And then he sung <laughs> Genkai Tempa X Survivor. 
Now, I didn't know this that he sung the Dragon Ball Super song. And it was yeah. very interesting to see that along with Goku. <laughs> the, the voice actor <laughs> Goku, for Goku and Vegeta. Came, and Vegeta came out. And it's so funny to see this. So he literally just sings the chorus for Daijobu Daijobu and then tonally shifts into <laughs> into Gen, uh, Genkai Tippa X Survivor on top of a freaking dragon's head. Not just any dragon's head. King Ghidorah's old dragon's head. <laughs> they bailed Toei out for this. <laughs> oh yeah, this was a extremely memorable performance. Seeing that giant Ghidorah head just pop right out while he's singing on it the whole time. I think he had one of the flashier performances, especially with his outfit and the giant Ghidorah. But it was a great fun performance I, it kept your attention and kept you mesmerized as well oh i loved this performance it was so great because it starts off when he's doing daijobu he it's him like you see like his upper torso and but he's behind like like these screens and stuff so like he does like the daijobu daijobu and then he has like one other line and then when that's done, like, like the screens break away and it reveals, like, this golden dragon. It, it was really, really cool. And this song was, was really, really great. You wouldn't expect an Incan singer to actually be singing this song. Because it's such a rock song at the end. Like, like, like this song is just so rock heavy. But it's just a really great performance. And then it does show, like, Goku and Vegeta and, like, some Dragon Ball Super characters. Like, I think it shows Goku fighting Jiro at one point. And so, like, you, you get to see that. But eventually, because it's him on this dragon head, and he's there's two screens that are behind him, like, to his right and left that are playing this. Eventually, what happens is is they stop playing the Dragon Ball stuff, and it, and it just turns into a giant dragon. And I see I didn't know that was a Ghidorah head. And I thought, oh, they're just going for, like, a giant golden Shenlong. Like, that's what I thought it was, because it, cause the way that, like, they had the dragon's body in the, in, the, in the pictures behind, in the panels behind him. Like, I thought, like, that's what they were going for, Shenlong. So, and I thought that effect worked really well. And the fact that he does this whole performance on top of a dragon's head is just really, really cool at the end of the day. Like, it doesn't get much cooler than this. Oh, it no, really it doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, coming after Hikama Kiyoshi, it is going to be the lovely Seiko Matsuda. So, <laughs> I want to hear your voice or thoughts about this performance, Gray, because I understand she's just like Shinoringo, and she is very, very important to the industry. But the thing is... Her stuff is generic idol stuff. <laughs> I, I could kind of see that. I really, I did enjoy the first and third song. I thought the second song, song that she sung was kind of mediocre-ish. Uh, like cram she crammed like four songs in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, but her her the, and um, Misai's melody was probably one of the longer ones. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like it went on for a, a, a while. But I, I felt like she she had a good voice. I, th I felt like she held her on really well. 
I loved it when they had like the giant heart drop from the ceiling with her name on it. And I, I, I liked the Neon City skyline that she was singing in front of. I thought that was really cool stage work that they had done too. So, you know, it was it was an interesting, enjoyable number. It, it's not the highlight of the night, but I, I thought it was decent and really well done. She she is a she is a very talented vocalist, and I could totally see that. So I, I'm very familiar with Matsuda Seiko actually, and I she did a couple albums in the U.S. I did like the melody, however, you can tell it's very generic pop, but it was also nice to hear her do several of her more popular songs, and she's always a treat to listen to, despite the that it is a little generic, some of her music. I love her vocals, and her outfit was absolutely beautiful as well. That's true. It was a very nice, relaxing, peaceful melody, and I think that's why it was one of those you just kind of chill and listen to yeah and continuing on up it is the lovely misai with her lovely medley and it's interesting because she did three very very popular songs and the medley that she did really showed off her range and of course she had to sing everything everything is the winter song of the Heisei era where they play they play this song today every commercial because of how iconic it is during the winter time and it was just fantastic to see see this and you know such the icon she became because she's a huge icon of you know everyone needs to love each other kind of thing and you can kind of see that with everything if you guys paid attention very, very much so. Granted, it did kind of get a little Vegasy at certain points, but... I, I was going to say, it's like, pay attention, man. They were hitting you over the head with some of it. <laughs> like, they're not subtle in, in, in some of it, which is, I mean, fine. I mean, that's that's fine. I'm not here to, to rag on that, but I was just like, I was just like whoa. I, I know what she stands for. <laughs> Yeah, and I actually like that she incorporated uh, gay pride as or pride in general just because it's something that is a hot issue all over the world right now with gay rights. And I like that she included as her, I guess, other backup vocalist dancers in there. They looked like they were trans. Yeah, it was, it was interesting that they brought this up and it's mostly because they just legalized it i think within the last year or two ago to have um gay marriage so it's interesting that they they came very very far from what it was beforehand and yes you know japan being japan and they're very conservative you can do whatever you want as long as you don't do it in front of me kind of thing Mm -hmm. yes yeah and they've come way farther than a lot of the other Asian, their other Asian countries by them. I give them props up for that. And it's, I love to see all the support these artists are bringing to everyone. I feel like it's something they need because not everyone's always supportive. So seeing an artist like Mishia do this, especially on Nakohaku, shows me a lot of, it, it's, it's very respectful and nice and something that makes me happy seeing her do. 
especially with all what's all going on in the world is every country has their issues with things and I'm just glad she is showing her support and did it in a very tasteful manner which is what I loved I love that she incorporated people that she supports into her into her performance that meant a lot to me seeing that so I respect her a lot and she is such a highly renowned artist in the industry with her vocal talent her soulfulness and has been around for so long and and as far as the musical performance was amazing and I'm always glad when she brings the song everything back because that's one of my favorite songs so I thought it was a great performance yes it was a little Vegasy with all the glitter and the glam however it really did stand out and as one of the performers for the uh, red team, I think she was one who really showcased a lot going on, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll say overall, I did enjoy her performance. I, I, for me personally, I felt like it was a really awkward transition from I know Katachi to into the light. Like, like those two songs are really, really different and they tried to smoothly transition into them does not work it was just <laughs> yeah awkward the way that that, that <laughs> yeah. works I, I, I agree i agree with you on those <laughs> it would have been better starting out with into the light and slowly going to i know katachi uh, and then to everything yeah because i feel like i know katachi would flow way better into everything oh yeah yeah definitely yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah what like when when they did that transition like i i almost was like like I kind of cringed a little bit because I was like, ah, that's that was not smooth. But I w- I do think like she picked the best song to end on. I felt like everything was a really really amazing way to really wrap up the medley. I felt like that was the perfect song to end on. That was a really fun song to do and hear. So I felt like she knocked it out of the park there. And I, I do think overall, in in spite of the the rough transition between the first and second song. I think like her performance overall was very enjoyable and a lot of fun to watch. And that was the last act for the women's and going on to the last act of the boys, which is Odyssey. They went on twice this year and you know, they sung their very first song, Arashi and their latest song turning up and it's so interesting just to see the style of what happened of where they were with Odyssey and turn and going into turning up. I mean, they're my boys and I, I, I can't be hard on them for such an excellent work that they've done for the industry. And they did harp on and touch on the fact that this is going to be the last year to the point that I mean they'll probably be involved with the Olympics and they'll they are involved with the Olympics to a certain major extent and they are probably going to be involved with the Kohaku in some way or shape but I don't know if they're going to be hosting it'd be very weird if they don't because they've been such an integral part of the hosting for the male side for such a long time now Mm -hmm. but you know they are an act to behold, and they were the best for last in my mind. I agree. This was a perfect way to end the night. 
I this was out of all the performances, Arashi was my favorite this whole Kohaku. The one night the song they did with Yunosu Kenshi was amazing. And this performance was just blew me away. I was mesmerized the whole time watching them live and showcasing, you know, their first, their debut song, Arashi. And then transitioning into Turning Up was such a great transition. And I love Turning Up because it's a fun song. I'm so glad they grabbed one of their, their original and one from 2019 and just made it into a spectacular performance. They're dancing, their harmonies, just how everyone was excited and getting involved involved. This was the way to end it. And I look forward to them seeing what they're going to do for the Olympics. I just love these guys so much. Just everything about this. You need to watch this performance. I cannot talk about how amazing this was. It You need to watch it rather than to listen. Yeah, no, Luna's 100% right. This performance was absolutely fantastic and amazing. And my boy show, I did not know that he could rap so well. Like, he he really killed it. And I've, I've got to go back to listen to more of their music because... My boy, he he's got he's got some really really good rap skills, and I like like I loved his rapping in both of the songs. I really felt like he killed it there, and this was just a really really especially turning up was just such a fun way to end the night to just you know cap it off. You know this was you know the end of. The decade, it was the start of something fresh, and to, to have it with their first and latest, it, it was definitely something, just a really amazing way to end it. And I agree with Ken. It'll be interesting to see what they do next year and, and whatnot, because it, it'll be really weird without Arashi being there. They're, they are almost synonymous with this at this point, you know? So... It'll be interesting to see how things shake out, but, you know, one, one can only hope that things stay smooth, but this was a fantastic way to end the night. And with that, we get to the judgment part of the of the whole competition, because this is a competition. And who do you guys think won the night for you guys? Let's start with you, Gray. For me personally, I really felt like the white team had the more notable performances, more standout performances, and more solid, hard-hitting performances overall. That's not to say that the red team did not have some stellar, amazing performances, because they had a bunch of them. But I think at the end of the night, white team just really brought it. I mean, they were there. They were on point. There's just so many songs that the white that the white team did even though we had even though the white team had the kodama song like even even though that one's there you can kind of ignore that one the like the rest of the whole evening was just fantastic and i really felt like the white team just knocked it out of the park the white team being the male team and the red team being the female team <laughs> yeah sorry you're 100% correct i should have clarified that and you luna White team, the, so the male team, I thought they killed it for me, yes. I thought the red team did a phenomenal job. Everyone, I loved everyone's performance. 
I do think the white team had way more power and just the energetic songs they chose, especially with Adashi. Adashi is the reason the white team won. They sold it. They owned it. They took it home for the white team. And Johnny's in general, I think, did a fantastic blown away job this year. That was my other reasoning for white team killed it. You just can't compete without a sheet. And a lot of those Johnny artists, they just blew it out of the park. Not to mention you got official Hige. You got uh, Masaki Suda. I mean, it was just an amazing list. And yes, the the red team did a great job. I mean, I love Shina Ringo, Aniki Monogakari, Mishia. I just, Aiko, I think everyone in the red team did a good job, but it was the white team that brought it home for me this year. You guys are completely correct. The white team won it for me this year also. Not to say that the red team didn't do very well because everyone that debuted had such a strong, strong showing. Hinatazaka, Lisa, they they had such a strong showing this year, but that could go double with the white team with Official Hige, Kiss My Feet, King New, Generation, and Masaki Suda. Those uh, debuts alone won it. And then with the icing on the cake being Arashi that just killed the rest of the what the red team had. It's not to say that the red team had didn't have enough good artists. They had such a memorable experiences, but the white team just pulled their punches and went punch blow to blow with a knockout punch at the end. And that's was it's a definitive sweep for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because for for the for the rest of the judges the guest judges they voted red so i I, it was very interesting seeing that but the hall audience (laughs) and the viewers in japan voted white for the male team so the male team won this year once again and it was good to see the male team win it was it'll be very very interesting to see next year's one because we get to see the blowout from the olympics and we will get to see if there's any artists that rose to the occasion before the olympics in any case we'll be very very excited to see what what happens next with the kohaku and i can't wait till next year oh yep kohaku 71 is going to be amazing Yes, it will be. It will be. We'll have a full year of Rewa. We'll have a full year of artists that made to show what they are going to be the first step of Rewa is. And I can't wait. I can't wait. And hopefully you guys can't wait too. And, you know, thank you for joining us on our yearly tradition here. We got it under three hours. Thank God. <laughs> so yes, thank you for joining us. Yes, I want to say thank you. But yeah, you can find us at all the lovely things here. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ongakadu. You can find the site at ongakadu.com. You can find our two affiliates, Karyu Hunter. He is a Twitch streamer who does love the all the horror games. 
You can find him at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. And you can also find our other affiliate, TimberTav. He is a Twitch streamer in his own right. And you can find them at twitch.tv slash TimberTav, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. And you can listen to what I have to say about being an Amazon Prime delivery man on Podosaurus, which is the gaming podcast that I like to do with the both of them. You can check out by looking up Kokusai Kuryu or Kuryu Hunter on iTunes and Google Play. You can find everything on there. And we'll be recording our third episode fairly soon. So be looking out on the lookout for that. But yeah, you know, I'm very excited to continue on with this year. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll kick off 2020 right, right? Yes, yes we will. But yeah, I want to say you can find me on Twitter at OTYKen1. You can find Renford at RenfordD. Where can we find you, Gray? You can find me at Ongaku Gray, where I tweet about anime, video games, and what I'm listening to. So just follow me there to stay up to date. I just got back into Monster Hunter, so expect some, some tweets and stuff about that coming soon. And you, Luna? You can find me as LunaMaria87 on Twitter, Letterboxd, and my anime list. Or you can follow me on Instagram at NerdyCollectorLuna. I post about sometimes what I'm listening to, but mainly about movies. But yeah, once again, I want to thank you guys very, very much so to listening to our special Kohaku 2019 episode. And we'll hope to see you next year saying thank you very much and have a great day aloha thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the kohaku hope you enjoyed it and stuck with us for this whole thing if you get a chance please check out the kohaku and let us know what you think as well we look forward to talking to you guys next week jamatane and this is great thank you guys so much for this extra long special episode it is a blast that we get to do this every year, and this is one of our favorite shows that we get to do. So we love you guys, and thank you guys so much for listening to it. So have a great year. Best start off to 2020, and we will see you guys next time. <laughs>